Time for Tea with Makita is a podcast about redefining self-care. It's about looking at every aspect of our life, from music, career, family, and relationships, and everything in between. It's about spilling tea on those conversations that sometimes are hard to have with other people. Well, we're not ashamed to have those conversations right here. So join me as I spill tea on every topic you ever thought about, talked about, or whispered about. Hey, y'all, it's definitely time for some tea. Hey, it's Makita, and I'm spilling a little tea. Are you thinking about starting a podcast? Then let Buzzsprout help you get started. It's easy, fun, and best of all, you can start for free. Buzzsprout can help you get your message out to all the major podcast channels, as well as give you tips to help you make your podcast a success. Click on the link below or go to buzzsprout.com to get started and join over a thousand podcasters just like me who are already using Buzzsprout. And that's the tea. All right, so I have with me today author, Ascension God, CEO, musician, and visionary artist, Flowing River, to spill some tea on the journey of unconditional self-love, as well as to talk about his new book uh, of poetry, The Flowing River, which features 144 poems of awakening. So we're going to be spilling some tea on what it means to have a higher vibration and how you can actually raise your vibration as well as the journey of unconditional self-love. So welcome. I am so honored to have you with me. Wow. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited. I love tea. I'm actually a tea master as well. So I love to uh, serve tea and I'm excited to drop it like it's hot. That is so awesome. Like, I love tea. I recently really got into tea, but um, we'll have to talk about that another day. That's like a long subject for another day. <laughs> Absolutely. So what trials and tribulations kind of led you to the realization that in order to love anyone else, you first had to like fully love yourself? Like, what was that journey like? And how did it lead you into becoming Flowing River? Wow. Yeah, going all the way back there really started with um, a story from my father. You know, um, my father's a great man, but in this one moment, he had a little bit of a slip up. I was in middle school and I was picking up some boxes and I dropped the boxes as uh, he was asking me to help him, you know, bring them up the stairs. And he turned around and he snapped and he told me, you're worthless, you know? And like, for me, that was like a big deal. That was like huge. It's like my dad, I love him so much. Like he never spoke to me like that ever before. And, and, um, that really imprinted into my being, like the feeling of unworthiness. And I went to a spiral down, uh, downward depression for three months, just repeating, looping, you know, constantly these hellish thoughts of you're worthless, you're a piece of shit. Like you're, you're not worth anything. Like you're a terrible person. Like literally did that for three months straight and finally ended up getting out of it. But I didn't know anything about consciousness or healing or anything back then. So I just, you know, put it underneath the rug and forgot about it. But 
as we'll learn later, um, the issues stay in your tissues. Your body's a hard drive, so it never forgets until you actually go all the way through and, and heal, do the healing work. So that frequency, that energy of unworthiness, like mm-hmm. I was unworthy of receiving love, you know, like I didn't, I didn't even think I was worthy of receiving love. And so I really didn't even love myself at that time. You know, looking back at it right now, this is the first, that's the first time I have ever said that. Like I, you know, I haven't really dropped in that deep. Like, did I love myself back then or not? But if I look at my actions, what I was doing was trying to prove my worthiness by getting validation from the outside world to say that, you know, I'm chasing the, this validation for my father that he would think that I'm worthy. And like, when is he going to say that I'm worthy? Do wow. I need to, do That's I need deep. to? Yeah. Cause I was, I was like, I bought a BMW, got it shipped from Europe, picked it up in Europe, drove it around like Z4, you know, fancy drop top uh, convertible. Like I was doing all these kind of crazy things with it unconsciously. Mm-hmm. You know, when I look back at it, it was all to get the validation of my father to, for my father to say, I'm proud of you, or I, I love you. You know, that's all it was for. And if I look back at it, all these decisions for 25 years were being perpetuated by that one story until I finally healed it, you know, and what did it take for me to heal it? Oh, well, it took (laughs) took me realizing that I can't get love from outside of me. Like it might be a temporary solution. Like somebody might place their attention on me and you might feel, oh yeah, I'm under the limelight. This feels good. You know, they're listening to me or they're they're giving me uh, praise or whatever it is. But, you know, that's just a temporary because as soon as they leave, then what? You go back to your normal story. Oh, nobody's here to love me. You know, so you're all alone again. Well, guess what? You're always alone. You're always with yourself. <laughs> so why don't, why not make yourself your best friend, your best lover, you know, like, and so it took me having that kind of realization, like chasing all these, make it, you know, grinding so hard. I was destroying my body. First off, sitting at the computer eight plus hours a day, I was destroying my mental, uh, like internal dialogue because I was pursuing all these things outside without doing the inner healing work. And then spiritually, I was just completely disconnected. You know, I didn't write a poem for 11 years. I didn't, I didn't create a piece of art for 11 plus years. I didn't play any music for 11 years. (laughs) All I did was pursue making money. That's it. (laughs) You know, it's crazy to like, look at that period of my life. And then there was a synchronicity when I was able to get connected with this co-founder that was uh, of this company called New Mundo, which was doing basically permaculture village, eco-villages for Airbnb. It's like you could go find this kind of off-grid community you could live in and work trade. And it was kind of set up like Airbnb's website, except for that genre, you know? Mm -hmm. So I ended up going to their company retreat in Costa Rica on a 14-acre off-the-grid permaculture village right on the beach. It was amazing. It was called Fingamorpho. And it was super rustic, you know, like um, completely 180 degree turn from California living with electricity and <laughs> bathrooms and <laughs> you know, running water. Yeah. <laughs> completely different. But there, what, what else was different was you're coming from a doggy dog world, business world, 
where everyone's trying to eat each other. Mm-hmm. So much competition, self-judgment, comparison. And you go into this community through into the jungle and there's like 20 or 30 people there and they're all living like one big happy family, you know? And there's so much love and joy and creativity exploding. Everyone's an artist. Everyone's a musician. Like, you know, everyone's a healer. And not only that, you work on the land and the land heals you like your body gets stronger. So me, instead of me sitting there for eight hours behind a computer, I'm like moving a rock around, turning, you know, landscaping, making beauty with the, with, with the earth planting, um, you know, moringa, which we're going to eat later in our salads. Like wow. there's this amazing connection, you know, you don't have to go to the, 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 the store. It's like, you're growing your own food right there. And, and 20 feet away is the kitchen. <laughs> so, yeah, um, Yeah. And the most important thing was not that, you know, I received so much love from the land healing my body, just strengthened me working with and feeling the rays of the sun, you know, when you're just sitting inside all day long, it's like completely changes your, your energy and your, your emotion. Um, And then of course I received so much love from the community. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Like I, I hadn't felt that much love in a long time, but the most important thing that, that I was able to do was to give my love mm-hmm. without being taken advantage of, you know, like in America, it, it was, I always wanted to trust people. I always wanted to give people my heart. I want to give them my all. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately they always, somebody let me down, you know, mm-hmm. and I found out that was connected to my unworthiness belief system. So because I believed I was unworthy, I would get synchronistically connected with people that treated me like I was unworthy of being treated with respect or being, um, you know, uh, treated with, with love. And so it reinforced, it further reinforced my belief system that I am unworthy. So for 25 years, I was facing that. And it was just so refreshing to be able to finally like, yes, I can give my heart to everything here. hundred percent in like, this is all I've ever wanted to do my whole life, you know? And that's when I started calling in a new name because I just didn't feel like my old name was serving me anymore. You know, my birth name is Darren. My father and the government are the only two entities or people that (laughs) use that name. Even my mom calls me river these days. So otherwise the world knows me as flowing river. Um, Sometimes I use Darren for business stuff, but, but I was calling it a new name and it's so interesting, the energetic charge and baggage we have with our names, Mm -hmm. you know, like Darren was a great business guy and he got things done. Like, but he also had all these character flaws and I love Darren now, nowadays, I love all versions of myself, all past versions uh, of myself. But in that moment, when I was switching, it felt like I was being reborn. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm flowing river. There's no history. There's no baggage. Nobody knows who flowing river is. I don't even know who flowing river is. <laughs> you know, it's like, we're getting to create from brand new. It's, it's like being reborn. It's and, like a blank you know, canvas. Yeah. And my my friends literally birthed me in this grotto underneath a flowing river and chanted songs, 
you oh, know, wow. my, my new name. It was amazing. Yeah. We, we had to hike into the jungle for like 45 minutes. It was a whole thing. And, um, I really just felt completely renewed to like go out into the world with more intention, you know, with like heartfelt intention. I'm, I'm no matter what, I'm going to put my best foot forward. And, you know, that from that point, then I began a five-year journey of actually truly doing the work to love myself, to uncover all those belief systems where I didn't think I was worthy or, or, um, you know, I, I didn't deserve something. I didn't deserve my own love. And so did the healing work. And that, that's, that's a whole nother story, but that's essentially how flowing river was born. That's an amazing story. And people do it so much that whole searching for that validation from other people and getting into that, that competitive, you know, that, that loop and cycle of, if I don't get validation from you, I'm going to go get it from somewhere else. And then it just spirals out of control and you never really learn to love yourself. And like you said, be your own best friend. You know, that's so important. Yeah, absolutely. A big part of that, you know, and this is part of raising your vibration is shifting that internal dialogue. Like it's so interesting when I used to think back, um, you know, when I had really a lot of negative self-talk and it's like, you're trying to do something. It's like, Oh, I'm in the middle of a, a group. I remember when I was first expanding my, my creativity and like stepping into freestyling. Mm -hmm. And I remember I'd be in a group of like these like super, activated <laughs> galactic <laughs> beings and they're just like dropping the most amazing prolific like mind-bending rhymes just yeah. freestyling off the top you know and i'm like man i really want to do that you know and then you go to like it's the mic's getting past you and you go to like <laughs> express yourself and then there's like this there's not there's like this this thing on your chest or like a block in your throat and like the words literally won't come out like yes. what's wrong like why is this thing broken like i turned i turned the faucet on nothing's coming out <laughs> you know? and it's like what's happening right and and it's because there's a belief system that that i you know was comparing myself to these people i'm not as good as them i can't do what they're doing or whatever it is and that's the internal dialogue and it's like whose voice is that you know is that truly my voice or is that a voice from like 10 years ago or 20 years ago that i'm still kind of like keeping around in the closet you know and it's like why is it still coming up so i didn't have all the tools to like move through um, all those voices at the time. But what I did to remedy it is like, even if I couldn't, like, I felt like there was a block, I would mm -hmm. just like say something, even if it was stupid, you know, like, <laughs> even if it didn't, even if it didn't rhyme, like, and actually what I started doing is I would start rhyming about the block. So I'd be like, Oh, I don't even know what the next rhyme is trying to, <laughs> think of the word and it's not coming, you know, like it doesn't even matter. Like as long as you do um, open that channel, the energy moves. So then every single time I did it, it probably took me like 20 or 30 times of trying to freestyle that it finally started opening, you know? And uh, I remember it was almost like, as if God was talking to me, I was on a, uh, a stage with again 30 prolific musicians and wow. at this like, <laughs> retreat center and everyone's performing just like family jam freestyle style you know and there's like 50 people watching 
And, you know, I was like hesitant. Do I go up on stage and do the thing and like freestyle? And I ended up getting up there and they like passed the mic to me because at the time I, they had known I was a poet, but I wasn't known for freestyling. And I just started freestyling and it's coming kind of fluid, but then I get in my mind a little bit. And then at the end, there's like, I didn't know how to finish it. And like, I started doing this weird dance move and like <laughs> the rhyme started like blowing kind of weird, but you know, there was a mic drop at the end. It was like, boom, it was a lot of energy. And I just remember my friend coming up to me and it was literally as if it felt like God or my reflection was just like talking to me. And he said, you did it. Yeah. Like as if he knew like that it was a major initiation for me to move through that block. And like ever, ever since I, ever since I heard that you did it, it's like, okay, now I can freestyle. Yeah. 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 I'm unstoppable. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's so strange, like how those kind of tap that we give ourselves those tests. And then we have to, we get to convince ourselves that we are that because somehow in the past, we convinced ourselves that we aren't that. Like, I believed I wasn't a freestyle artist. Now I'm like, yes, of course I'm a freestyle. I've been doing it for a couple of years. Of course I, I, I'm a freestyle. <laughs> so it's strange yeah. how that people, process works. Most people think, you know, poetry and rhyming, you know, they kind of like, kind of go together so to for you to say it wasn't as easy you know especially with the the blockage and all of that I would think like it would be pretty easy to kind of flow into rhyming from poetry yeah it was it was actually connected to a block of you know um people can't see me like I'm not being seen I'm not being heard and so it was it was this hiding in a shell thing combined so a lot of times um when you move through a block they'll be tethered to other energetic um uh belief systems that that are tied together in one so they kind of become this like mangled mess very rarely have i found in my healing practice that there's just one uh belief system like responsible for something at the core it's always one but Mm -hmm. you know once it starts sprouting up from the core all those branches start weaving together and things start getting tricky. Um, So I want to read you this poem. Oh, yes, please. It's poem number 44, and it's exactly what we're talking about right now. So this is poem 44 out of 144. Uh, So every poem is like a a step up the staircase of ascension. And the question for 44 is, you know, when will they love me? You will know when you know, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So it just goes to show how to dance on your toes and go with the flow because some days they'll, they'll love you and some days they won't scratch and sniff on a lucky lotto ticket, a single jewel in a bed of coals. Can you pick it either way? Love your choice is the only choice because if you don't speak up with your voice to say, I love me whole, happy, complete, and free, you might wait all of eternity to receive the love you are looking for. So ask this question into your heart and down to your core. Why do I need someone to love me if I am love itself? Then you can love everyone else as yourself and everyone will love you as themselves. Wow, that was powerful. Thank you. That was so powerful. I love that. (laughs) Thank you. And, And the core realization from that poem is understanding that, you know, why do I need somebody else to love me? If I am love, like I am love, like, you know, how powerful the I am statement is Mm -hmm. and like declaring to the universe, like I am love. And this really 
lines up the people and places and things to reaffirm the belief system that you are loved, that you are loved and that, um, you know, whatever it is that you, you do, you will be supported. So this brings in the worthiness, um, that I'm worthy to experience a life of bliss, a life of ease, grace, and flow. And it takes a, it takes time to reprogram the mind. It takes a lot of forgiving too, forgiving yourself for not being perfect, forgiving yourself for, you know, anything, you know, what's your past, like letting all of that go. Yes. One thing I like to say is if you're trying to fly, you can't take your bags with you. You know, you got to check them (laughs) in. They're not going to let you take that heavy stuff on the plane. Now you got to check that bag. (laughs) Yeah. You got to check that bag. (laughs) You might have to pay extra. because You're going to pay extra. They're going to weigh it. (laughs) Yeah. But, but what you're speaking to is very powerful because forgiveness is really the, one of the major keys. Like if we look at the ascended master, Yeshua or Jesus, as many know him, one of his big uh, lessons to the humanity as a whole was forgiveness. You know, he's going up. You want to talk about, okay, my girlfriend broke up with me. I'm having a hard time forgiving her. Let's just take a look at Jesus for a second. Mm -hmm. Jesus is up on a cross getting nailed and he's saying to, to God, forgive them father, for they do not know what they do. He has no resentment in his heart as these people are literally murdering him. So this is the level of forgiveness that we have the opportunity to step into, not only for others, but ourselves. So it can, it can be done. And it sounds like a lofty goal. Like, you know, if somebody punches you in the face, you're going to turn the other cheek and forgive them. You know, that is the level of self mastery that's available for everyone. If they so choose to choose love in each and every single moment. So it's really boiling down to, I'm going to love you no matter what, what you say or what you do, how you show up or what you think is true. I'm, I'm still going to love you, you know, and I'm going to do that for myself as well. So self-forgiveness is really a path of self-acceptance, like, you know, going back into those memories that we've shoved underneath the rug mm-hmm. because we were ashamed of them. We didn't, we didn't like it. We didn't like what we did. And there's two things that are going on there, right? You've got the actions of what what you did in that moment. And then you've got your ego, which is your self-identification tool, right? So it's like, I'm River and I'm a good person. Well, if you believe that, which 99.9% of people believe, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like everyone thinks they're good at two shoes. Yeah, they're the best. <laughs> No matter what they do. Well, it's, it's the ego's job to believe that. So like, you know, yeah. like they're, they're, your ego is keeping you in that. Like I'm a good person, no matter what I did. Right. Yeah. Even if you're wrong, you're still a good person. Yeah, so yeah, your ego is going to help soul. you come up with an excuse though. Your ego is going to help you. They're going to be like, Oh no, that was that person's fault. Like it's not you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the whole blame game. We can get into that one. Right after this. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of tricks the ego likes to play. Um, but you know, we can, we are, uh, we are just, uh, when we increase our awareness, we can see through what they call the veil or the matrix or reality and see what our ego is trying to get us to do. So, you know, when we uncover those, those memories that we hit away and a lot of people will drink alcohol, they'll smoke weed every single day, they'll take prescription drugs, or they'll get so busy that they don't have time to deal with looking at their pain. So they just get 
pushed away further and further and further until you forget about it. But guess what? Those That pain is not resolved. It's still inside of your body. It's still on your heart. And it will still feed you thoughts, you know, as long as you have kept it inside of your temple. So you get the opportunity to clean it out and let it go. And to do that is, um, as you said, a a process of self-forgiveness. So when you look at something that you might not be so proud of, and you bring that memory back up, and it's tough to like, accept like, you know, for my dad, it was really tough for him to accept that he told me that I was worthless. He actually denied it when I brought it up to him, you know, 25 years later, (laughs) he's like, I never said that, you know, or I can't remember if I said that. And, you know, I just had a big healing session with him, where he finally, you know, said, well, if you said that, I said that, then I must have said that. And that that wasn't the right thing to say. Like, he finally accepted it and like owned it. Mm -hmm. And that is a big part of self acceptance, taking radical self responsibility for all your thoughts, words and actions, and seeing how instead of pointing the finger at someone else, that you could turn that finger around and point it at yourself and ask yourself, how did I play a role in co creating this complete mess that I call my life in this moment? you know, or this, this disaster, like this, this blow up where, you know, we got into a fight and uh, pushed each other away. And now I haven't talked to this friend in 10 years, you know, when I really, at the core, both of you just want to be happy, free, and probably enjoy each other's company, you know, and laugh about all those memories. Mm -hmm. So the, it, it starts, though, with changing where you're pointing that finger. Because the mo- you keep pointing the finger, guess what happens? Now you fall into the blame and shame game, but deeper still for yourself, you're, you're putting yourself into quicksand now mm-hmm. because now you're going into the victim mentality. And really, when you start keep pointing that finger and you keep going deeper and deeper vic- victim mentality, mm-hmm. you, the victim mentality disempowers you. Now you feel powerless. Oh, I can't do anything. Everyone else is doing it to me. The whole world's out to get me. Oh, well, yeah. guess, guess what? Universe is going to be like, okay, cool. We're not going to give you power to manifest anything. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you really strip yourself of your, of your ability to create in that moment. And it, it can get um, the victim mentality can get quite abusive as well for, for other people on the other end of that. So it's really not a good place to be. And if you find yourself there, just know that every single day is a new opportunity to start um, rising back up into your power, into your love, into your wisdom. So no matter how far down you go, you're literally one decision away from changing your entire life around. You know, I'm going to read you um, another poem. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a little, a little further in the, uh, and you know, we're going to stay with the, the theme of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And so this one's number 102. It's called I Forgive You Again and Again. And, you know, throughout this book, my own vibration was being raised. So the consciousness that's shared is from a higher perspective, a wider perspective, one that allows you to have more understanding of somebody else's position, to be able to come to compassion so that you can return to love. Like, for instance, if you're in a lower vibration, you cannot, it, it will be very difficult for you to forgive somebody else. You'll hold that resentment. 
you might even try to get revenge on the person. This is a lower vibrational reality that attracts more negativity into your life and you continue the downward spiral and life gets harder and worse. And now other people, since you sent out revenge, other people are trying to get revenge on you, mm. right? Yeah. Or the flip side of revenge is forgiveness, right? So here's a higher vibrational perspective. If you raise your vibration, clear your thoughts, heal your heart, you could have a perspective like so. I forgive you again and again. I forgive you from the beginning to the end that never ends. I forgive you for everything that came from nothing. I forgive you forever. Never ever will you not be forgiven, for I am forgiving, not forgetting who we are. I forgive you until there is nothing to forgive. Live and let live. Let bygones be bygones until all ill will is gone. Poof, vanquished in the dissipation of latent memories. A wisp of smoke drifting away in the air. We let it all go, washed away in the rain, to reveal pristine rainbows. For there is no pain on my chest. I know you were doing your best. And even if it wasn't good enough, I forgive you, for I hold no animosity within me, for L-O-V-E is the key that sets us free. I hold no grudge. I have no resentment, just gratitude for the present, for the lesson, for the blessing, to help me rise above the turmoil of the mind and find that I have the strength to choose love in each and every moment. No matter the circumstances in this eternal romance, I keep rising to the occasion to be my absolute best. And if you can't meet me at the crest, that's okay. I forgive you. I let you go on your way for tomorrow is another day. And even if you still hate me, I'll still pray so that one day you'll say, I forgive you too. Wow. That really speaks to the power of healing and getting to that place of forgiving not only others, but of yourself. Absolutely. The work is deep, but when you go all the way through the fire, it might feel like it's burning when that first time when you, you know, have the opportunity to forgive somebody that really did something, you know, that that you felt wronged you, the weight that's just lifted off your chest. Mm -hmm. And you feel so much lighter and brighter, like, you know, and the beautiful thing about forgiveness practices is you don't even necessarily have to do it in person. A forgiveness piece could be you writing a letter you know, and then burning it in a fire and just releasing it. Um, it could be doing a Hawaiian practice called Hopono Ono, where you're calling out the person's name saying, you know, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. It could just be an energetic thing for yourself uh, because sometimes, you know, people have passed and uh, you don't have the opportunity. But of course, there is a lot of power in being able to, come face to face and confronting your fears and really doing the deep work, you know, with another person. But I do want to caution, the other person also has to be ready too, you know, and if they're not ready, <clears throat> they could make it more challenging and potentially trigger you to potentially get re-traumatized. So just gauge that situation. Um, if there's a maturity level where both hearts are ready to reconciliate. And if not, that's okay. You can just still pray for them and pray that one day they'll say, I forgive you too. Definitely. So when it comes to that flow state, you know, I've heard the term flow state and it really sounds relaxing and mellow, but what does it really mean to like fully enter a flow state? Yeah, absolutely. So 
the flow state um, doesn't necessarily have to be a state. It can just be a way of life as well. You know, when you enter the flow state so much, it just, you just become the flow, like you're in it. And what is it is the way I like to describe it is like when I used to try to freestyle, my mind was trying to think of a cool line uh, to say, and then it'd be trying to think of another line to rhyme with it, you know? And then it's like, it, it's going, it's going, and then my, it might get tripped up if you can't think of something because mm-hmm. I'm using my mind to think. So when you're in the flow state, there is no mind. You're in complete, full trust and surrender that whatever is coming out of your mouth is the perfect line and the perfect rhyme. And so you're in a state of, instead of trying to grab at words or mm-hmm. concepts, you're in a state of receptivity. Therefore, you're just receiving words you're just receiving concepts and they're just coming through you, channeling through you in, in perfect flow. So that for me is a flow state and that can be applied to anything. It could be applied to your work. You can apply to, you know, sports, a lot of um, sports people, like for instance, snowboarders, they're going down the side of a mountain at 70 miles per hour. They don't have a chance for their brain to be thinking, should I go left or right? They're in complete flow and just like, you know, um, dancing over the snow. Um, a lot of surfers will say the same thing when they're inside of a barrel of a wave, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so if you're finding difficulty finding your own flow, you could, you could um, there, there's ways to enter the flow state. Um, And one of my favorite ways is receiving poetry and a simple practice is called like subconscious streaming and, or automatic writing. So I always encourage people, you know, they're like, oh, I'm not a poet. Well, yeah, well, let's see about that. Yeah. <laughs> so grab a journal, you know, and set your timer for like five or 10 minutes. And the one rule is you can't stop writing. So just keep writing and writing and writing and writing. Maybe for the first like 30 seconds or minute as you're writing, you know, you're in your mind. Oh, what should I write? Like, I don't know what to write. Da, 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 da. But eventually you'll get into this flow and you'll just start writing stuff. Like it's, it's like magic, you know, and you don't, it'll be, it may be completely different than what you started writing with. So if you do that for like five minutes straight, like that can be an experience of just, you know, a little taste of the flow state um, for yourself. So did, is that kind of what happened when you started the the flowing river, the book of poetry? Like, did you kind of just flow into it? Like how, tell me. So, about it. Yeah. So I received this book over, over five years and you know, I first started, um, quote unquote, writing poetry at Finca Morpho, that permaculture farm I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. When I was there about a, a month and a half in, I started writing poetry again for the first time in 11 years. And 11 years ago, I read about like breaking up with my girlfriend or like something problem with my parents, you know, <laughs> I was in high school at the time. And um, then so now I was writing about like expanding my heart, illuminating my mind expanding my consciousness. And quite frankly, I didn't even understand the concepts I was writing about. But the poetry, I would read it back to myself, and they became like mantras, reprogramming my subconscious mind. And that set me up for the synchronicities for people, places and things to come into my life to be magnetized. So then I learned what the concept in that poem was, like three or six months later, I could still read a poem now, like even four years later, and it's like, from a new level of consciousness, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, how is this? <laughs> how, did, how was I writing about that four years ago? You know, and um, 
it's really wild. And what I found out was it was actually my higher self channeling poetry to me, leading me like breadcrumbs to awaken myself. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would, the way I'd received the poetry wasn't like how I'd write poetry before. I just received the poetry um, as a stream. And as fast as I can write, that's as fast as I'm receiving the poetry. And then once it's done, there's very little tweaks, like maybe a a little word here or there, a grammar error or something like that. But otherwise it's complete. And that's when I know that, um, you know, I'm in that receptive state where it's effortless. There's no effort. There's no trying. It's just being. And it, it wasn't until like maybe, I don't know, two or three years later that I actually looked back at that moment. And I was like, Oh, wow. I got reconnected with my higher self through, um, you know, opening my heart and being in that community and getting blasted with love. Like that is what rekindled the connection back to my soul. So um, if you're feeling like you're missing out on that connection with within yourself, like, mm-hmm. you know, the path of healing will help you, um, come back into alignment and receive the gift that you're meant to share with the rest of the world. So tell everyone where they can find your, your book, the flowing river. Yeah. The flowing river is available on Amazon and Lulu. It's uh, in Kindle paperback and hardcover. So whatever flavor you like to savor we have that <laughs> available for you. And you can also get connected with me at my website, flowingriver.co. Um, and if you're interested in taking the path of healing, you can go to howtoraiseyourvibration.com. I have an online course there that shares all the tools and techniques of self-mastery to really, you know, step into your highest potential. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm not going to say it's easy. <laughs> no. Yeah. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. But it's a lot it's, of looking in the mirror. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's all worth it, though, at the end of the day. Like, I wouldn't trade any of the negativity that I had to move through. Um, it's, it's absolutely, you know, worth every single, all the blood, sweat, and tears to go through the fire. I think it gives you a sense of empowerment, too. You know, that connecting with yourself your spiritual self in that way oh absolutely like when i am able to share this gift you know that i've received you know people the reflection is so beautiful you know they're like thank you um you inspired me you did this or that but it's only because i've been inspired by somebody else you know Mm -hmm. and so we get to kind of act as this chain of kindling you know everyone has that candle just waiting to be lit in the center of their heart and now we have that inspiration to like light that candle and then they go light another candle and light another candle and the whole world just becomes this beautiful um melody that we're all creating to the tune of the song of existence well i just want to thank you for sharing you know all that positive energy with us like it has been truly an honor to talk with you today um, I will definitely be getting your, your poetry book. Cause I really loved it. Thank you. Can I share with you one last final parting poem? Sure. Of course. 
Absolutely. So I'm going to share you share with you guys uh, a little bit higher up the road too. It's number 62. It's called Complete. I think it's really kind of wraps up everything that we talked about perfectly here. <clears throat> I love all the cracks for I see the light seeping through the mask. You can try to distract with this or that, the lies and the facts to cover up what you think that you lack. But I ask, just be gentle as you slowly unravel the bandages around your heart, once led apart by judgment and the gavel of the dark. Let this be the spark, for you cannot separate the truth that you are. You cannot hide behind your scars, for it is written in the stars. This is sacred. This is your temple. This is sanctuary. There is no harm in me, for there is no harm in me. This is harmony. Just as fear is raised in an army, I rise as I am. A counterbalance to balance the scales of life. A counterweight to all the separation and all the hate. I elevate my mind state as I awake from a deep sleep, a lucid dream. When the threads of our souls weave the tapestry of our realities to manifest destiny. It cannot be stopped. It cannot be contained. For this mind frame has no mind and it has no frame. It is too wild to be tamed. It is too free to be chained. It is too unknown to be named. It is the vibration of the one, the eternal sun, rising perpetually, forever, effortlessly, giving endlessly an abundance of energy, working together in synergy with their energy. I must seek it from within. For what is within is without. And what is without is not within me. For I am whole. I am whole. I am all. And above all, I am love. You are loved. You are loved. You will forever be loved, my love. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that with us. It does kind of sum everything up. The forgiveness, the you know, the that healing process. Yes, absolutely. I love that poem so much. I'm grateful I got to share it with you. Thank you for having me on the show. And I, I hope that the tea is still warm. Yes, the tea is boiling. It's piping hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed this session. Thank you. Blessings, everyone. Blessings. Wow, such beautiful poetry. What a wonderful and beautiful way to wrap everything up. So I'm just going to recap, okay? Because that was a lot of delicious tea. So we kind of dived into the power of self-love and healing with a forgiving heart. Also, the power of poetry. The Flowing River Book of Poetry is a beautiful book filled with powerful messages on empowerment and strength. Now, you can find the Flowing River Book of Poetry on Amazon. Or if you're interested in this online self-mastery course, you can go to howtoraiseyourvibration.com. You can also find the Flowing Rivers links and websites below. And remember to tune in next week as we spill some more tea. Until next time, namaste.